Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations at Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. upset you now one of the things that annoys me most and this is a really unfair thing people right. who can't tell stories properly <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's such an abuse of my time it's one of the rudest things like this story's happened to you it's up to you to figure out how to tell this story and i'll tell you what the the two key yeah. mistakes that people make are <laughs> getting lost in detail that doesn't matter oh, for instance, uh, oh my this. god i saw dave the other day right yeah anyway so i saw him i think it was monday and uh, no it was tuesday because i'd been at work on sunday anyway so i saw dave and um i think we were in uh, let's square no trafalgar square because i'd got off the tube let's go. you're, like, you're oh. just burning my interest my interest is just plummeting <laughs> like, oh, scores god. on pointless it's good yeah <laughs> Stop the you're, decline of this story. So that's the first yeah. thing. Is why you're, I'm not bothered. This is so convincing, by the way, 4D, that you you are stressing me out. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. It's stressful. Yeah, I know it's stress because because con concentrating is difficult. It is a task, and it's your job. If you've decided, I fucking asked you to tell me a story. You've decided to tell me a story. So make it easier for me to concentrate on your story. I'm so with you. Because yeah. then the pressure's on you, and you're like, I don't know how to react to this because you're not. What? You've been talking for ages, and I've been given no pertinent information. I cannot yeah. look interested at whether you I saw know. them on Monday or Tuesday, and I don't know whether this is a good news story or a bad news story. Is this person dead or pregnant or other? Should I laugh? Is this going to be inappropriate? So I'm just thinking Monday or Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Uh. Gormless look on your face. That's the other thing as well. Headline: You need to tell me this story like it's a newspaper report. Headline. <laughs> First, Dave's dead. Bang. What? <laughs> right. Then we go from there. Big information first, right? That has to come top. Everything else. How did he die? Why did he die? When did you find out? Who told you? All that first. So that's the other thing. 
Another common problem that people make, and I really try and avoid this myself, and it's tricky. It's very difficult. But when you're retelling something that's funny and you're in the story, you realize that communicating what's funny about it is difficult. Now, the biggest mistake people make is when they go, oh, we cracked up. Yeah, yeah, As if yeah. that's meant to make you go, ha! oh, you cracked up. No, I get it. Yeah, or going like, oh, it was absolutely amazing. It's like, I'll be the fucking judge of whether it is amazing or not. You can't, you can't dictate my response to your story. You just furnish me with the facts and I will respond how I see fit. What I hate when I'm telling a story is when people sort of just chip away and take the wind out of your sail by focusing on the wrong details. You go like, I'll tell you what, I was in Chris's car the other day and they go, what sort of cars he got? Go, that's, that, that's not the <laughs> point of this story. No, no, yeah. The flip side is, like you say, Paul, when you're telling a story, this burns me. You tell the story. You finish the story. You've done a good job of telling the story. The story, it ended with a laugh. They laugh. You laugh. Fantastic. We all had a good time. <laughs> then do you know what they do? They say... And what did he say? If what he said was funny, I would have put it in the fucking story, wouldn't I? Don't you think I would have fucking kept it in, you stupid tit? It would have been in the story. Now I've got to, to I've got to answer your question, which has no relevance to how funny this is, and now I look like the shit storyteller. Because you wanted to know what happened next. I mean, I decide when the story ends, don't I? Otherwise I'll just carry on talking up until this point in my fucking life. What did I? Oh, and then he responded, and then he said bye, and I walked home. I got the bus, by the way. I got in, I took my shoes off, I got to bed, I woke up, I fancied a coffee, and then I came here and I started retelling you the story. What does it fucking matter what he said? <laughs> and then what did he say? <laughs> I hate being fat checked as well. Oh, yeah. My wife does this all the time. She so goes, oh, I was out. I mean, I'd had about 18 pints. She's like, you'd had three pints. I'm like, yeah, but that's not an interesting story, is it? You know what? You feel like taking that person to one side going, everyone knows I didn't have 18 pints. Right? Everyone knows what the deal is. People know that this story is a sort of semi performance. Go with it. Let's all enjoy this ride. This is based on a true story. It is not a true story. So, yes, absolutely. It's pointless interventions. And all also, just understand the social cues of one's, when someone's got a good story to tell. They go, oh, my God, this happened the other day. This is amazing, right? That is the cue for everyone to shut up. <laughs> that does not require coaching, nudging, tantalising or teasing. Just let them get on with it. Oh, my God. Right, so I saw Dave. How is Dave, by the way? Shut up and let him get on with it. You're about to find out. <laughs> yeah, I think that might exactly, be exactly. You're about. If you shut up, I'll tell you how Dave was. Oh you know what? God. I mean, not to make this about politics, but I don't know if you've ever seen the House of Commons where, like, someone will be halfway through a speech and someone will go, "Will oh. they give way?" And they go, "I'm not going to give way. I'm going to carry on." And they go, "Will they give way?" Like, D they should be allowed to just say, "I just told you, shut <laughs> the fuck up." I've got two minutes to talk about the minimum wage. Do this on your own time. You've just got it, mate. I wrote the speech weeks ago, you cunt. Oh, oh. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. I do that with the, like, the facts checking. You know. It's all embellished. When someone says, oh, I was waiting at the... Okay, I'll tell you what's never been true. 
I haven't eaten all day. No one has never not eaten all day. Ever. They've had some. If they really went back and they, they've had a banana or they've had a sandwich, it just means I'm starving and I haven't eaten as much as I normally eat. No one has not eaten. You mean you've got to 8pm and you've not eaten? What, you fucking idiot? <laughs> you've forgotten that you're hungry. <laughs> How can you get to 8 No one could get to 8pm and not eat. You- Next time anyone says to me... They haven't eaten all day. I'm going to say, what are you, a fucking idiot? (laughs) (laughs) Start knocking them on the head like George McFly. It's it's absolutely true. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't eaten all day. Has anyone home? What's wrong with you? I tell you what annoys me conversationally is when people sort of ask uh, like a rhetorical question, but you have to finish it off because it's something that would be so obvious to go like, look, I'm reversing in the car. And when you reverse in the car, you look and then you think, <laughs> then you're like, hold on, how, how have I all of a sudden ended up in an exam situation? You start thinking, where are you supposed to be looking? You're like, out of the rear view mirror? No, you're looking out the back window. Well, just say that then. Yeah. Drag me in, start getting me to finish off your sentences. Those people who always think that you're on the same conversational tracks that they are, and they'll, there's sort of worse ones than that. It's certainly in like the office environment where people will go um, something like, uh, but obviously with, uh, you know, with Mike being there. And with Dave being there. And you go, yeah. so, well, they used to work together and you go, right, 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 yeah. Sorry, what? Are you saying that they're going to resign? Or I remember I worked with someone, and obviously this was politics, and so like everyone's plotting all the time, but someone would always be like that. They'd go, well, that's the thing with Will. And you go, yeah. I was always the person going, sorry, what is the thing with Will? Because I'm not, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're on about. I yeah. never knew. I could just never figure stuff out. It's mainly people who are needy in conversation and knowledge. I mean, general lack of manners is another thing. During COVID, I oh. cannot believe there is a two-meter rule because there is a lethal virus that is killing people. And runners, runners will run towards you and basically bet that you're gonna play chicken with you on the pavement. If you're running. You, it is up to you to do the moving. You are the one panting and puffing and spraying your droplets and a vapor trail. Right, so I'm absolutely with you, right? And on top of that, these fuckers have had the cheek to do it with a friend. This is one of my pet hates in life. Like, to pair joggers that go jogging together, there is a pitch, there is a level of talking that joggers do that is unacceptable, that is bad. You shouldn't be jogging and talking. That should not be happening. Pick one. You can't be running properly if you're able to chat. I never saw Linford Christie having a sort of chin wag during the 100 metres. Yeah, I might record that later, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just this breathy sort of... uh, Yeah, so then... So then I said to Neil, but you are quite, you are someone that is quite happy to point out bad manners in public, aren't you? If you like, you, 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 if someone has not said thank you, I mean, I will as well. If like someone, if you hold a door open for someone and they walk towards you and then they don't say thank you, you'll be like, don't worry about it, mate. I'm just standing here for the good of my health. Oh yeah. I'll go. Cheers, mate. No worries. <laughs> yes. Have a absolutely. nice day. And they go, what? I go, don't you worry about it. <laughs> It's silly, really, because you could get your head caved in. But sometimes you think, oh, come on. That It does really, really annoy me. Particularly if you've gone out of your way 
to sort of like, you know, in your car, you've pulled over, you've stopped walking down the street, you've pulled over, like, and then and someone just doesn't acknowledge it, just walks along, carries on talking. You're like, mate, what, what do I look... What, you know what? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I haven't driven for about 10 years and it frayed my nerves. The, the lack of manners on the road, like, drove me to crisis point where you, you just think, how, how hard is it to just go like that? And then when you're, when you're doing it in person, you know, in a building, or you hold a lift door for someone and they don't even look at you. Like people who pretend they're too important to even say thanks. If this lift would be going without me, you'd be stuck on the ground floor. And you can't <laughs> even go, cheers, mate. Did you once get chased down by someone in a road raid incident? Yeah, I did, yeah. I had, a, I had an appalling... Um, it was a Monday. I think it was a Monday. It might have been a Tuesday. And I was, uh, I was driving to uh, Stoke from Nottingham where I worked. And... Basically, this guy, I indicated to go into the outside lane, and this guy came right up behind me, honking his horn, waving his, you know, <laughs> blinking his lights, all this sort of stuff, screaming at me, just the most aggressive driving. And then I pull over, and he goes, pass. I just thought, what a, what a dickhead. And then <laughs> this was the mistake. I didn't pursue him or anything like that. We end up at a set of lights in a few miles' time, and I'm behind him, and I just thought, ha, ha, ha. All that effort, all that anger, and you're basically no better off. So I was trying, eh, eh. Give him like a little flick of the yellow lights. Give him a cheeky little wave. I thought, well, that's the end of that. Um, he 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 fundamentally disagreed that that was the end of things. And for miles, I mean, I would say twenty odd miles. You might know this bit of road, but as you come into Stoke on Trent on the A50, it's a series of roundabouts of junctions. And this guy <laughs> pursued me for miles, and I was just like, oh. Anyway, he was giving me abuse and he's calling me a dickhead. He sort of would drive his van towards me like this. Anyway, his van said network rail on the side. What's that? Anyway, so it's sort of, you try, obviously you can't hear each other. We're driving side by side. And I was sort of going, I'm going to ring your boss, mate. Sort of miming the phone to the phone. I'm going, I'm going to ring your boss. What are you fucking doing, you idiot? I'm going to ring you. I've got your license, mate. I'm going to fucking go fucking. Big lad as well. Anyway, constantly, every roundabout, coming up behind me, like bumper to bumper, flashing his lights. It was just harassment in the end. I was like, oh, I can't handle this. This side by side, he's doing this thing where he's sort of swerving towards me and stuff. I was like, this guy is unhinged. Anyway, it got to the point where I was just, I'd lost my temper and I, I did something that I knew... I remember thinking before, if you do this, you are pressing the nuclear button and life is going to change. You're going to live with this decision and you're not in control of what happens afterwards. And basically, I looked at him, mind eating a pie and rubbing my belly. And he went off like a fucking ape in a cage. Like, it was just ballistic. This, I was like, oh, man. It was like, I've, oh, my God. Started like punching the, I don't know what you call it, the cockpit. He's, 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 the driver's cabin is just ah, rage. But anyway, then this is like a different level. I'm like, I'm in now a, a, a new level of trouble. So then we're coming into Stoke and each, each traffic island, he would sort of beckon me off. So I could see him rising to the island and I would just sort of carry on at the junction. He would be going like this and then I'd get past the junction Oh man! And then I would see him reappear in the rearview mirror and pursue me again. He would do this at every junction, beckon me off. I wouldn't follow him, and then he'd do it again, and again, and again, and again. Anyway, I just put my foot down and uh, try and lose him in the rush hour traffic, and uh, I sort of get. I'm just the adrenaline's going berserk. I'm trying to think of ways like, what if we do end up on a dirt track somewhere, and he's got a chain in his hand and all that stuff? How am I going to beat this man? 
I mean, first thing is obviously to not get out of the car. I, I, I then, you know, that immediate relief when a stressful situation is over, I'm laughing to myself. I'm already like, <laughs> can't believe I was scared about that guy. I ring a couple of mates or whatever. I'm over it. As I'm coming to Stoke about half an hour later, go past this lay-by, and he just pulls out behind me. And I was like, but I lost this guy about 40 miles ago. Where? What route has he taken to get ahead without me seeing him? I was like, oh, this is dark. So, so then we're coming into Stoke. I worked for the leader of the council, for the mayor of Stoke at the time. I was like, I can't have this having like political implications. <laughs> so I just like, I lost him in the one-way system. And then all day I was just like, oh, man. So I rang my mate Borley up. I was like, can you come over to Stoke? And um, basically I'm too scared to drive home on my own. <laughs> yeah. So he... He was like, well, what? I'm going to drive to Stoke, leave my car. How is this going to work? I was like, get the train. But there are no direct trains. So he had to get a train from Nottingham to Birmingham, change at Stoke, just to basically sit in the... By the time he got there, it was like 10 o'clock at night. Just sit with me all the way back, just in case this... But I was like, I can't put it past this guy. He might be waiting for me. It was like the film Duel. Was that Spielberg's <laughs> first film? Yeah, 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 yeah. What a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that, but on the A50 between Nottingham and Stoke. <laughs> it's like Shane Meadows does Duel. Duel. <laughs> <laughs>